This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors because we have a strong commitment and a strong goal and that is to educate and inform our our clients as best we can on the things that they need to know to uh, buy and sell and keep real estate and uh, the greatest asset that we have is that we have so many members 4,000 members and we have affiliate members affiliates being home inspectors, termite inspectors, roofers and such, loan officers that can, uh, they're all part of the business. Well, we have different guests every week. So you get a fresh perspective on some good ideas out there. So today, here we have an affiliate member, Troy Shambato of Pillar to Post Home Inspection. Good morning, Troy. Morning, Don. And I know you're not nervous at all because you've done this before. I, I was teasing Troy earlier today about when he was on the show before. I said, well, I don't know. Let me go look and see when our ratings went really, really low. <laughs> uh, he, he, he took it like a champ. <laughs> all right. Then we also have from Brown & Brown Real Estate, Adriana Prado. Good morning. Good morning, Don. Thank you for having me. Sure. And you've been uh, in the business over two years. A little over two years now. Yeah. Yes. And I'm going to ask you what drew you to this, but but hang on. Because okay. I also want to say that not only are you a realtor, but you've gotten involved in leadership at the Association of Realtors. There's a group called the Young Professionals Network, Yep. And um, which means... You're young. I, I, I just don't understand why I don't qualify for any leadership positions there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you will be the 2021 chairperson of that. So Correct. in 2020, you're going to be chair-elect. And the chair-elect does all the work, you know. Yes, I know. You're prepared? I Yeah. I, well, I got to sit back this year, so. <laughs> I don't think you're going to sit back. No, Joel's not going to let me. <laughs> right. And the so-called president of the Association of Realtors won't let you sit back either. No, Don. <laughs> yeah, that'll be me. I know. <laughs> and a surprise guest to me because um, I didn't know you were coming in here, but uh, you're <laughs> all, how could you not be welcome on Welcome Home Radio? Oh, it's my pleasure, Don. Thank you, and I love surprises, so I just like to <laughs> pop up places. All right, and it's Aisha Allen of Brown & Brown Real Estate, too. You came here with the video camera to make sure you get lots of shots yeah. of Adriana and Troy. Yes, I'm, I'm naturally a photographer, videographer, just, and so I came for the moral and video support. Yeah, she does everything. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it. Yes, I'm an in-house marketer, so, yeah. yes. Okay, well, we are going to get a lot of information today. I, I Hopefully, our consumers and our listeners will learn a lot about the process. Um, I'm going to ask some good questions of you guys, so let's get prepared. Let's start off with preparing your home to sell. 
And, um, you know, what, what does that involve? I'll start with you, Adriana. Yeah. So usually when I go to a seller's house, I pretty much do pretty much like a visual inspection to see, kind of pretend if I were a buyer, what would I like and what would I not like? Um, so I'll look out for, you know, like if they need to declutter, if their house is dirty, um, if they need to depersonalize anything in the house. So I don't want any family pictures on the wall because I like for the buyer to picture themselves in the house, not for it to still be the seller's house. Um, I also like them to consider the curb appeal. So if there's any landscaping, maintenance, anything like that, you have to pretend you're a buyer and you just got to love the house. Um, So you have to make sure that everything is almost as perfect as possible. Um, Retouch up any walls. If there's any paint color that's like a green or like a red and it's not updated anymore, I usually ask them if they can repaint it to a neutral color so that any buyer would would love it Mm -hmm. yeah because a buyer has to visualize that they're in there too and here's a little conflict in the whole process is that most buyers are buying because they need more space more room They, they need to move to something bigger many sellers are moving because they need more space mm-hmm. so there's your conflict so if, if the seller has too much stuff inside it, it it gives the appearance that there's not enough space here right so um have you ever advised anybody to get a home inspection being troy's here yes throw that in most most of the time home inspections are done during the escrow by the buyer yes but now i know up in the bay area it's different there people Mm -hmm. get home inspections first yeah so troy do you um do you do very many for the seller prior to them listing the home we don't do a lot of those down here don um it's i i recommend it and and i'm sure a lot of the the real estate agents will recommend it as well uh, because it kind of puts everything out on the table uh it has the a great potential to uh, move the transaction forward at a, at a much quicker rate uh, as the buyers come in and when there there isn't a, a home inspection on file and uh, even a termite inspection too that's imp- that's important as well uh, so if they do a pre-listing inspection like that everything is out on the table and they have the opportunity to make all those corrections uh, prior to listing the home uh, so is what we can do on those is we'll come in and we'll do a, a basic home inspection on the property uh, and then it gives them the opportunity to repair everything and then we'll come back and do a reinspection update the report and it's something that they can provide the uh, potential buyers out there so when they come in and look at the house uh, it's all on the table here's a funny one i had a seller one time that i suggested a, a home inspection to before putting it on the market and it's like no no because then more than likely the buyer's going to do one too and that's two times the work but it's like no wait a minute they should be finding the same things yeah i mean they're right almost everything's going to overlap there might be one or two things that one person called that the other didn't but um so i i think that's actually a really good idea um we haven't done it traditionally here Uh, the reason they do it in the bay area is they might have a home on the market for three days 
and have 15 offers on the property, well, they don't want to lose that to uh, having the, the home inspected two weeks later and then have to go back on the market. So they provide all the reports up front, um, which is not a bad way to do it. So I'm, I don't know, how about you, Adriana? If you have a buyer and you're showing it and, and there's a, a, a home that they like and they have pest inspection, home inspection, roof inspection, already done is that a good thing for you and yeah. the buyer it's more convenient to have it already completed i still advise the buyer to get their own home inspection and get their own pest inspection um, just to get their own you know they have their right to get their own home inspection mm -hmm. so we will look through it um and see if any of the the repairs have been done already if not then we usually like to move forward with our own home inspection and pest inspection because some do miss a lot of things as well. So in, in fact, if there's a um, home inspection that was done ahead of time and let's say the seller fixed certain things, they should probably note that on the report they give you Yes. so that you don't have to be Inspector Clouseau all the time. Yeah, and that would be great. And when sellers do that, I mean, I love that because it just makes it a lot easier process. And you can tell that the seller is more motivated to sell because they are already taking care of everything. That's an interesting concept. The, the, the seller putting out vibes that they're motivated and there's ways they can do that by having the house prepared and cleaned for showing there's ways that uh, like how easy it was to show I know yesterday um, I couldn't show this one house that I thought was going to be one the buyer might be interested in but the seller didn't call me back and then when they finally did they said I you know you're supposed to give 24-hour notice I said well I did call yesterday <laughs> uh, so that yeah. Does that put out the vibes that they're oh, yeah. motivated and, you know, no, not in that case. Right. Yeah. So maybe I'm glad that we didn't get to see it. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want to blame it all on the seller. Um, choosing the right realtor is very important. Someone that's always going to answer phone calls, someone that's always going to respond. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't have the best representation. So that's a really big thing to make sure you have someone who's going to represent you mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, and with 4,000 members out there, not all, I mean, you couldn't get 4,000 attorneys, 4,000 home inspectors to all be the same. Yeah. Um, I think the realtor organization does a good job because we have a code of ethics and a standard of practice that gets that as good as possible. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's still a few that don't return calls right away. Aisha, how come you're looking at me? I, I return calls. <laughs> you do. You do. All right. <laughs> um, how about in, wh what are some of the basic tips in preparing the home for sale? Some basic tips for preparing the house to sell. Um, do you, are you talking about like decluttering or having yeah, decluttering? That, yeah is a big thing. I mean, I've gone into houses where they're like, oh, I'm ready to sell next week. And I go in there and I'm like, mm, maybe like three weeks or something like yeah. that. <laughs> so I, I prepare them. I let them know what's realistic. Um, I also let them know I'm going to do, you know, some really good marketing for them that we have, we need time to prepare that. Mm 
So in order to get their house sold for more, we also need some time to make sure that their house is in shape and good to to put on the market. I don't want to just put it on the market because they're ready to put it on the market. Mm-hmm. And have you ever, Troy, you've probably seen this too. When you walk up to see a home inspection, the yard's a mess, the, the grass is brown, but you go inside the house and the house is beautiful. But there's a disconnect there. You, you know, you didn't give the fr- good first impression. It, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like going out on a date with and not having your shoes shine. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking about the whole inspection thing when you asked that question about doing inspections before. I feel like it's like um, when you go on a blind date uh, and you look at a house and you want to submit an offer, but you're not really sure what's going on on the interior of the homes. Those inspections help release some of the stress of what's going on with the home so having those pest inspections on ahead of time kind of take some of the stress and the worry away because that's probably like the most important part is making sure that the home is in a great condition okay interesting with all that we are going to go to our first commercial break so stay tuned to welcome home radio 940 espn Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, with a studio full of people today. We have Aisha Allen of Brown and Brown Real Estate. Hello. We have Adriana Prado of Brown and Brown Real Estate. And we have Troy Shambato of Pillar to Post Home Inspection. And um, just got to thinking when I heard that intro music about Christmas time and all, got to be a little more difficult to do home inspections. Um, uh, in, in the at Christmas time, getting around all those presents around the tree and uh, unplugging all the Christmas lights. <laughs> okay, how I'm, I'm afraid to ask this because I think I might be the biggest offender, but how important is it not to overload a circuit <laughs> with Christmas lights? That's a really good question. Yeah, we we definitely see that quite a bit, uh, and it's I mean it's almost the norm, uh, if you will. Um, but the, the, you know, we see that with the Christmas lights, but the problem is the bigger bearing of it is, is when we see it outside of the Christmas lights, um, overloading the circuits causes hot spots, uh, which, you know, you're tripping breakers, which is good. They're doing what they're supposed to. Uh, but it's when things get, uh, excessively hot and, that, and then you risk, uh, basically a home fire. Um, we see that even with people using extension cords for, you know, permanent wiring. Uh, mm-hmm. Extension cords are for temporary, i.e. for Christmas lights, you know, something temporary. But we see that a lot uh, that's used for uh, permanent wiring, and that, that definitely presents a problem. Where do you typically see extension cords used for permanent wiring when it's not supposed to? Where, um, well, the worst, the worst case that we generally see is people are installing uh, fans and different devices in the attics. Uh, mm. So when they do that, they're typically just running an extension cord. Uh, and then you definitely risk uh, uh, fire issues there. And then, of course, outside. Uh, and then the wear and tear on those extension cords, are, are it, it is fast, you know, in the California sun. Um, and they'll route them up on the roof, over the roofs, down the other side, just to try to get uh, 
basically a receptacle to somewhere that uh, they don't have one. And boy, that sounds bad to have it up in the attic because you can't see a problem coming. You can't smell a problem coming. You know, if you have an extension cord outside in the patio and you start to see black gook around the connection, right. you, know you, got a, you know you got a problem. Right. But you're not going to see that in the attic. Exactly. And that's uh, a, lot of, a lot of home fires are actually started in the attic due to electrical problems from people, you know, improperly installing even light fixtures. Uh, that's that's a big one there, and then of course you know when you have your older homes, uh, especially here in Fresno, you got some uh, early 1900 homes that uh, actually still run on the old uh, knob and tube wiring. You know, so what that's it, stuff. tell us what knob and tube is and how it works. It's basically, I mean, it still works the same way, and there's still active uh, knob and tube wiring out there. Uh, basically, they call it a uh, knob and tube because it is a single strand wire. It's a uh, uh, and it runs on uh, basically knobs. So if you have an older home, you'll see ceramic knobs. Uh, and that's how it's uh, ran through the attic. But now with uh, insulation factors and energy efficiency and everything, uh, people will actually go and re-insulate themselves and do all that. And then they're covering that, uh, that wiring up, which creates a, a, a fire hazard. But, and we do see it. We still, we still see the knob and tube out there and still active and so the knob and tube can still work good as long as you don't create any fire hazards. Is well, that right? it's definitely it's it's if you still have knob and tube, it is definitely time to upgrade. It's not recommended <laughs> to, to have that. That is, a, you know, in the early days, we went through uh, a lot of uh, uh, over the years, over a lot of different changes, uh, even to where we went to aluminum wire. Aluminum wiring is a problem as well because uh, copper shortage during the war. Uh, they went to aluminum. It was cheaper to use, but that presents problems in the in the terminations itself. So uh, there's different things that uh, that cause those electrical issues. Hmm. All right. Now a home, let's say a 90 year old home that has knob and tube wiring, is that illegal? Is it out of code? It's well. From I, in a home other words, does the seller have to? replace that no seller seller doesn't have to do anything when they sell the home that becomes a obviously a, a, a negotiation factor uh, so that's where Adriana comes in as the buyer agent you know when they when it's reported on the home inspection uh, the, to decide what is what is important for that home uh, and an upgrade if I'm doing a, a pre-listing inspection I'm I'm definitely gonna upgrade or recommend they upgrade the uh, the electrical system for that reason because it does uh, it does pose problems some areas of the country uh, insurance companies won't even cover a home with uh, some of the older wiring or uh, things like that and you know what i'm seeing a lot of in california and i don't know if uh, adriana and aisha have seen this too but insurance companies in california who have been hit really really hard with all the claims from fires and floods and such they're looking for ways to get out get out mm -hmm. of it yeah and, you know, I had one person tell me yesterday that um, this home that they own, the insurance company was going to cancel them because of the roof. And I said, isn't that a tile roof? She goes, yeah, it is. I what could be wrong? I mean, wow. went by and looked at the home, and, and I'm not a roofing inspector, but neither is that insurance agent. Uh, so it, it's 
I, I think that we have to be real careful. If one insurance company says, oh, well, we can't cover it because of this reason or that reason, maybe shop it yeah. and, and see definitely. if somebody will. Yeah, definitely. Some of the insurance brokers do a great job of doing some research and finding some companies that can cover the coverage that you need without having to do all those extra expenses that are mm -hmm. out there, especially in those hazard fire hazard areas. Yeah, exactly. And that's something we didn't used to have that problem a few years back with um, insurance, but it, it is becoming a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. But that'll be a good topic for another Welcome Home Radio show, yeah. is insurance coverage. Yeah. So, Troy, what are the, give me the three biggest issues that you see when you do home inspections. Well, we just, we just, uh, touched on the probably the main one is electrical uh, that that presents the biggest uh, uh, health and and life safety issue uh, is is there's too there's so many factors of the electrical system so when we look at that uh, we, we really gotta kind of knuckle down and and have a good visual of the uh, electrical panel um, and of course, any anything visual, you know, especially in the attic that we can see going on. We I talked about the uh, installation. A lot of people install can lights and such. Uh, so we're trying to look at those. Certain can lights can't uh, be covered with insulation. Uh, then how they wire them. A lot of people just throw the wires up there. Or they don't use junction boxes, things like that. Those are all uh, fire hazard issues. Isn't black tape good enough? Oh yeah, it works great. Yeah, it works great for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Six uh, months, right? Yeah. Yep. Especially when it gets nice and warm. Uh, and those attics get hot out here in California. That stuff just kind of drips right off. Um, By the way, I was being sarcastic when I said <laughs> the black tape. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I guess we better I, I'm we not better note that. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything in an attic should be in a junction box that protects uh, that protects that uh, that termination there. Uh, and then, of course, we get into the roof. Uh, and you just mentioned, uh, you know, the insurance thing with the tile roofs. Tile roofs are great, but tile roofs are maintenance. Uh, should have those inspected uh, annually. Uh, I recommend all my buyers that they do it. Uh, and by not walking on them, uh, I myself, uh, with the home inspection business, I don't even walk on a tile roof. I use a drone, uh, you know, and so I put it into simple terms for them. Tell them, hey, if you got a friend, a neighbor, uh, one of your kids has a drone, use it. Look at that roof. Uh, most of your tile roofs, it's easy to see a slip tile or a broken tile. or uh, And that's just, that's where moisture penetrates and then starts causing, causes damage a long time before you ever see it come come through the ceiling mm -hmm. so you use a drone on your inspections yes sir interesting keeps, keeps me off the roof and uh, because anytime you walk on a tile roof uh, you know a clay tile you don't you're gonna even the roofers will get up there and they'll break tiles just to do repairs so they'll get to an area and then they'll repair themselves pretty much right back down the roof um, but other tiles are uh, easily cracked and broke especially as they get older they become brittle so yeah we uh, uh, I actually have my pilot's license and we use a drone to inspect the roofs. So I would think that that's one of the big misconceptions in uh, housing is people think, oh, I got a tile roof that's good forever and never maintain it. Exactly. And we see it all the time. Uh, and even some of the sellers are, are definitely unaware when we do those inspections. Uh, and they're quite, quite surprised by uh, the photos that uh, they end up the seeing you know towards the end of it uh because that's it it's a normal 
it's a normal function of uh, the tile roofs to slip, tile roofs crack, uh, do the uh, expansion, contraction. Uh, it's just it, probably 90% of the tile roofs we find uh, with cracked or slipped tiles on them. And, you know, that, that moisture works its way into the decking and then into the attic. And it could be uh, a couple good rain seasons before you actually end up seeing it in the home. But by then, you've already, you've already sustained quite a bit of damage. There's a, another area that we don't get to see, like attics, the top of roofs, we don't get to see uh, as, the cons as the buyer, the seller, the agent. But the other area is the sewer line, and that's pretty important to inspect. Sure. yeah. So how do you do that? Well, it, depend, it, it depends on, you know, if the, if the home is built uh, on a raised structure. Uh, some of that is visual to us. Uh, but then when it goes uh, uh, underground, nobody could see it uh, except our uh, professional plumbers. Uh, and that's when uh, we do what they call a sewer scope. So even as part of our inspection, I subcontract to a company to come out and uh, a sewer scope consists of basically running a camera down the pipe. And a good majority of the time, believe it or not, Don, they do find issues with that. Uh, and those issues can be, uh, can be relatively expensive. We just did one, uh, was it Monday? I think, it, I believe it was Monday. And the sewer company came out, they, uh, they did their sewer scope and there was an issue uh, that uh, the tree roots had gone into the pipe, cracked open the pipe uh, and were partially clogging it. It had about an 80% closure. But the biggest problem was is uh, homeowners are responsible for that pipe all the way to the city connection. This city connection was in the middle of the street. Mm. So at that point, you as a homeowner are responsible to uh, repair that road when that pipe is actually repaired. So uh, a sewer scope can identify a problem anywhere from $2,000 to $50,000 of, of a problem. So I think it's pretty common to see let's say junk in there like a baby diaper or something and that can be pushed out and cleaned out you betcha how about tree roots though when they're in there can that be uh is that common for one and number two can it be rooted out and have a somewhat sure. permanent you bet fix yep they definitely they do what they call hydro flushing so is what they do is they use a high power jet nozzle that uh, they push down through that pipe. So, you know, even in this case, when that, uh, uh, that root was uh, uh, got into the pipes, a lot of times they'll go through every little nook and cranny and different ways to get in it uh, and then grow large inside. So you can actually hydro flush those out of there. It'll cut them apart. It basically disintegrates it and pushes it on downstream. Uh, no harm, no foul. It's all good. And uh, that's relatively exp inexpensive compared to pulling up a pipe. It might cost you $700 to $1,000 to hydro flush a pipe, depending on the size of the route uh, versus, you know, up to $10,000 to excavate. Hmm. All right. So that is a big problem, too, that, that a home inspection can help find. Uh, and when you buy a home, you're not going to buy a perfect home, that there is no perfect one out there mine is don <laughs> <laughs> okay it's not <laughs> so you're a typical seller aren't you <laughs> every seller's home is perfect i tell you yeah 
and then that that darn home inspector comes by and and, and busts that myth yeah well with that we're going to go to our next commercial break but there's going to be more of this when we get back to welcome home radio thank you Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio, Saturday before Christmas. I hope everybody's ready. I hope everybody has outdone me because I haven't started any shopping, nothing yet. <laughs> but it's, if I were to start on the 21st of December, I would surprise a few people. That's That would be early for me. You <laughs> <laughs> still have a few days. That's right. It's uh, Anyway, here in the studio with me. We have Adriana Prado of Brown and Brown Real Estate, Troy Shambato of Pillar to Post uh, Home Inspection, and Aisha Allen of Brown and Brown Real Estate. Um, okay, we were talking in the previous segment about home inspections, um, and just because the home inspector finds something doesn't mean that the seller has to fix anything. It has to be negotiated. And that's what I want to talk now about. How does that, how do you negotiate that in a real estate transaction? So I want to go to Adriana now for that answer. Yeah. So before that, I actually like to go over the contract with the buyer and let them know the house technically is sold as is. The seller does not have to fix anything. So I like to prepare them for that so they, they, don't get disappointed when the seller says no. Um, so yeah, technically the seller does not have to have to agree to fixing any of the repairs. So sold as is. Um, when you when you go look at the house, you kind of know what to expect already. Even though the home inspector does go look at the home and find things that kind of behind the scenes that you don't see, um, it's up to you if you still want to move forward with the house or if you want to back out. So okay, so. Um what can the seller do? So the buyer makes this request for repairs. And let's say there's 10 items on there. Ooh, 10, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it before. Yeah. I mean, I've done it recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and here's one I don't recommend. Here's the home inspection report. We want you to take care of everything. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, what what... How would you counsel a seller now that you get this request for repairs? There's a few items on there. Um, what would you do? Because you want to keep the transaction together if possible. Right. So if I was representing the seller yeah. in this case, yeah. um, I would let them know if these items are non-negotiable, if they're willing to take care of them that, so that we can move forward. Um, then, of course, if they're just needing a smoke alarm, carbon monoxide detectors, those are like really small things. Um, they can always counter back on that request for repairs, too. If they don't agree to some of the items and they don't have time to take care of some of those things, they can counter back um, not agreeing to some of those items on the request for repair. Or they can also give them a... Um, like a cash amount. So at, at, at escrow, they can give them a certain amount to take care of those if they don't have time to take care of those as well. And that's fairly common to give that credit. Uh, and then the buyer can fix it and do it 
the way they want. Right. And, and here's an example that I ran across a couple of years ago as to why the buyer might want to do something themselves. So there's a leaning fence, bad fence post, and the, the buyer requested the seller to um, to fix that. Well, the seller just took a, a like a two foot long two by four and uh, pounded it into the uh, the top uh, two by fours there to, to uh, where they come in at a seam and that's where the bend was. So we pushed the fence back, put that in there, and it braced the fence. And I'm going to say that would probably work for another five, six, seven years. Uh-huh. But sure doesn't look very good. No. And the buyer was really disappointed that, think because the buyer's thinking, oh, I'm going to get a whole new fence, and here they get a two-foot two-by-four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was functional. It worked. But didn't look great. Not so appealing. That might be something where the buyer might say, you know, why don't you give me a credit for so much and then I'll, I'll fix it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've had that done before. Troy, when you see that two by four on the <laughs> fence, what do you think? That's yeah, a quick fix. Yeah, yeah. It'll, 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 last a, it'll last a while. It's not the most uh, cosmetic you know to the eye it doesn't look all that great but yeah it's it's uh, i'm not going to complain <laughs> about it as a home time. inspector it is yeah it's there <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah it is functional but right. like you say it's a quick fix right and uh inexpensive and cosmetically lacking right. <laughs> it depends if it's in the front yard then yeah but if it's in the back i mean no one sees it <laughs> right right <laughs> All right. Um, what are so anyway? Um, the on the request for repairs, the buyer requests it. The seller gets to respond. What if the buyer and seller cannot come to an agreement on this? Um, I usually will call the listing agent or the other agent on the other side and see if there's something that we can work out. Because sometimes when it's in paper, you know, they, both, neither party wants to kind of give in. Mm -hmm. They want to compete against one another. And we have to find a way between both parties to make both parties happy. What's something that we can meet in the middle of? At least, you know, the buyer will be happy if this little thing is done. And the seller will be happy if, you know, they contribute to something. So, yeah. I loved what you said because I see this every once in a while where – the buyer and seller compete, mm -hmm. or maybe the buyer and seller's agents compete for who's <laughs> going to be right at the end. <laughs> Don't do it that way. No. We're here to find a common goal. Yeah. So maybe if we can, if the two agents can get the buyer and seller to, uh, to come together to find common ground, what's going to work for both of them? Yeah. Maybe the seller doesn't want to fix anything because they don't have any money. They don't mm -hmm. have any cash. Well, th then your suggestion of doing the credit at the close of escrow, where it comes out of escrow, might just work. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, find that common ground. Yeah. That, that's the way to do it. Um, how about doing more inspections other than just the home inspection? So, and I'm talking about a pool, a roof. Um, Dick. Uh, pest inspection mm -hmm. are, are those recommended or is it 
based on the need. I know, and I know the simple answer. If the root, if the home doesn't have a pool, don't do a pool inspection. <laughs> <laughs> but but I know they're going to have a roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We always recommend a roof inspection with every uh, transaction. Usually, the roof um, roof inspections are free. But then once you see the like their report, there's the fees to that. So we do recommend a roof inspection. We do highly recommend a pest inspection. Usually I end up having both the home inspector and the pest inspector there at the same time because they kind of actually help out each other. Sometimes if they happen to miss anything, the other one backs it out. So I love when they're both there at the same time and just kind of inspecting it at the same time. How do you feel about that, Troy? Uh, I I totally agree, yeah. and, okay. and I I actually bring in a uh, pest inspector with our home inspection when it's requested by the the buyer and the buyer's agent. Uh, that way we can get everything done at one time. Uh, we can discuss things. Sometimes problems that are presented uh, aren't that simple, and two sets of eyes is better than one looking at an issue before we make either a big deal out of it or brush it off is not a big deal and where it could be. So we're all human. Uh, we take a look at things uh, differently too. So a lot of experience out there and that's what we rely on. Do you guys flip a coin as to who has to go in the attic and the subfloor <laughs> or do you both go? We both go. I expect uh, the termite companies that I subcontract to uh, uh, complete their entire report uh, just as I wasn't there and I do the same thing. That, mm -hmm. That's how we do it. And then, of course, uh, just like Adriana said, there's nothing that uh, gets missed between the two of us. And we was, we're really kind of looking for different things. They're looking for damage to the wood, termites, things like that, things that are going on that uh, the wood damaging uh, organisms. And we're looking for structural. But between the two together, we, we managed to find everything and uh, give that buyer an idea of, of what they're getting into. And to show you, like you're saying, you could miss something. I heard this from a pest inspector one time. It's like, how could you miss the the the, uh, the uh, dry wood termite pellets? Said, well, that's about the size of a quarter uh, on the ground, this little pile of dust. And if you could imagine crawling underneath a 2,500 square foot home, and missing that little half-inch pile, it's, it, it's, it could, could it's, happen. It's easy. It does happen. It happens to us all. Uh, we're all human, and uh, especially in those crawl spaces. That's, that's tough business down there. It's dirty mm -hmm. business, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio because we're going to get back and talk about some common myths in real estate. Thank you. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. And as Toby Keith just said, all you want for Christmas is another year with Welcome Home Radio. We're going to be back in 2000. I was about to say 2012. No, in 2020. <laughs> wow. We just went Although back. in 2011, that was true. Uh, we are going to be starting our 12th year uh, at Welcome Home Radio. And hopefully, this has been something beneficial to everybody. I think it has. I hear comments from people out on the streets that, hey, they picked up a good home inspection tip or they picked up a good tip from, um, you know, a realtor that was on the show. So 
To help with that today, let's get into what some of the common myths are in real estate. Adriana, we're going to start with you. You know why? Me neither. But <laughs> my, why? I think, why? I think you're ready. <laughs> there so was listen. a pause there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first, um, we're in the winter time. We're during the holidays, and you know, sellers are thinking: Is now really the good time to sell? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, be, there are less buyers out there. But the ones that are out there, they're like golden. <laughs> um, they're more serious. When they submit an offer, they're ready to go. They're ready to close. Um, like I just had one recently that um, the sellers needed to sell their house because they were continuing upon the sale of another one or they needed to purchase another one. Um, and they needed 20 days to, they had to sell their home within 20 days. So the buyer that, you know, submitted an offer, they were ready to go. They submitted that offer and was ready to close within the 20 days. And luckily the lender was on it. He was awesome. Um, and we got it closed. So that buyer did not hesitate at once to, you know, back out or anything like that. Some during the summertime that would usually end up for some reason falling out of escrow. Hmm. Um, so there are more serious buyers during this time. Um, and then with buyers, when looking for homes, usually sellers are more serious. At the, I mean, reverse, they're serious as well. So um, less buyers, you also have less competition, So, which is awesome because during the summertime, there's about a lot of offers you're competing against. So interesting. In, in, this, in the wintertime when people have the myth that it's slower, it's actually possibly a more quality business because people, buyers and sellers are more serious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Aisha, how about you? So one of the most common myths that we talk about in real estate is having to put 20% down payment. And at one point that was true. That was the only option that she had. But of course, with times changing, there's a lot more opportunities out there with the lending companies. There are so many things, programs that are now available to help folks qualify for loans with a lower interest rate. 3.5% with the FHA, conventional loans as low as 5% or 3%. And then these amazing programs out there for folks who want to move out into those rural areas like Porterville, Hanford, those places. We got those USDA loans that cover that down payment for you, which mm -hmm. is really amazing. And, you know, actually, even in Madera County, there's a lot of the USDA. So if you wanted to move out a little past Madera Ranchos, yeah. you could do that too. Yeah, that, so th those are some great programs that are out there. And a lot of folks are so terrified to even sit down in front of a lender to get qualified to see what they can get into. That's a myth we need to get past. We definitely because, do. Because hey, the lenders, they're just people. They are, just like us. Yeah. They have debt. And I, I think <laughs> I'd rather sit down with a lender who's just another person then have to do it online with drop-down boxes. Tell me about you know. it. <laughs> yes, you can't tell if they're really judging you or not behind yeah. the computer screen. That's right. <laughs> Troy, what what do you see out there as a common myth that you would like to bust? Uh, on the home inspection side of it is that we're going to find everything <laughs> because it's impossible. It, it, it truly is. Uh I feel I'm probably one of the more thorough inspectors out there, um, and it mm -hmm. is it is almost impossible to find everything. Um, 
for one. Sellers sometimes they're prepared, and boy, they can they're pretty good at hiding things. Uh, so if you got a good handyman that owns the house, they're going to try to cover some things up. My goal is is to expose those and find them, especially safety hazards and stuff like that. But the other thing is is we don't we don't move any personal property. Uh, we don't touch their belongings or anything like that. So we're not pulling things out from underneath the sinks or the closets or anything. So we're, we're only there to visually inspect what we can see. So, you know, Christmas trees up in the corner and there's a hole behind the wall. We're not going to see it, Don. It just, yeah, there's certain things. We got some, some pretty nifty equipment to help us, but we can't find everything. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's where the seller disclosures come in, too. The wise seller, the wise seller, <laughs> is going to disclose that hole behind the couch or, or that hole behind the Christmas tree because why create a problem for later on? It's a, When you move out, it's eventually going to be seen. Yes. Well, and things happen when they move out too, Don. That's another thing, you know, is, is everything might be fine now, but as things progress and people are moving out and moving on, uh, damage happens, things happen. Uh, the environment changes in that home too. is Because you got to remember, they're probably living there another month or two as well. So uh, things happen. Here's a myth I would like to bust. So people that go online and they see that flashing green uh, interest rate, and it's like, here, click here, put in your application here. Oh, it's going to be cheaper <laughs> online. Eh, that's a myth. Um, really, the, all the money comes from the same place. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, there's some companies that are run a leaner, uh, more efficient process, so maybe they can be a few hundred dollars cheaper. It's but But go with who you feel good with. If you can look them in the face and they tell you that, yes, I can get you this loan because you have outstanding credit, you have good income, you have your credit worthy. And if you feel good about that and, and you know they're giving, you can just feel they're giving you the right, the best rate, that's the way to go. Definitely. Yeah, yeah you, want your, you want your clients to be really comfortable with their lenders so that they can have that great communication. Yeah, and communication is so important through the whole process of the loan. How about when an issue comes up halfway through the escrow, which they do, and the, you need to have the lender involved in there to help resolve it. Maybe, like Adriana said, you're going to give a credit for fixing the fence. Well, now the lender's involved in that. They need to know about that credit and get it into their disclosures and their documentation Otherwise, your escrow isn't going to close smoothly. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Or, or it's not going to even close. At all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that communication is really important. And sometimes it's kind of a little hard to communicate with that East Coast company. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah. They're hours. Or, I mean, they get off work three hours early. Right? You're calling like at noon and they're closed right <laughs> I'm like, no, you guys yeah, should be then open. you throw the lunch break in there. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, and then you throw in our coffee breaks. And, and, yeah. It's like we're not uh, connecting. All right. Well, today I want to thank all three of you for coming in. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio today. We have Troy Shambato of Pillar to Post Home Inspections. Thank you for your uh, bits of 
your, your good tips. Thank on you, Don. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Adriana Prado of Brown and Brown Real Estate. Thank you very thank much. You. And Aisha Allen, thank you for videoing this whole thing. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> you bet. It's been a fun time. Thank you. And thank you to all our listeners. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry everyone. Christmas.